Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, thank you very much for being with us today, Tyler. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Tyler Jorgensen, he is joining us uh, all the way from beautiful, luxurious, sunny Southern California, right? That's right. Yeah. Now, Tyler, uh, you're a, I don't know what you would call marketing strategist. Is that right? Sure. I mean, I think before anything, I would consider myself an entrepreneur and uh, any good entrepreneur has to know how to sell and market. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I've really just focused on uh, understanding the basics of marketing because it doesn't matter how good your idea is or how good your product or service is if you don't know how to market and sell it. Fantastic. And uh, for those of you listening, you know, one of the reasons I, I think Tyler's a great fit for this podcast is that Tyler, not only is he an entrepreneur himself operating his business day in and day out, uh, you've taken a few licks along the way, right? You've seen oh, the highs and lows. Yep. And then Tyler also has worked closely with quite a few of these, what do you want to call them? Small micro gyms, as we call it, like the classic three to 5,000 square foot CrossFit. And you've seen multiple of those grow up around you, right? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you kind of hit a couple of points there, but one, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's not like I, I launched one business and have run that for 20 years and that's all I've done. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of things, everything from restaurants to retail, to e-commerce, to real estate and all over the place. And, and, but in all of those things, the one thing I really learned is that they all have one thing in common and that's that they need to be able to deliver their product to their target market. And so there's a lot of things that have to be defined around that. And so we'll cover those things. But then in terms of the gyms, yeah, I, I had founded a, an equipment company and, a, and was a partner in, in five gyms. And um, so, you know, I helped open four gyms personally, but then also helped open a bunch of gyms as an equipment provider. So I've watched as probably and, and been a part of over a hundred gyms opening. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So you can really know what some of our listeners are going through as they start to expand and add a gym to their clinic. Now, I love, there's a story that you told me one time that absolutely connected with me. And I think we'll really set the tone for this, uh, this entire interview. So can you tell everybody about the um, gym where you added a bunch of clients um, and there was kind of a misunderstanding as to what was going on there? Yeah. So we're going to talk uh, a lot on this episode about, um, what a value ladder is. And so, you know, I think we'll cover that quickly and then give an example of a value ladder that not everybody on the team was bought into. So value ladder is essentially every product or service that you can offer to your clients mm -hmm. placed in way of, you know, ascending value. Sounds super mm -hmm. simple, uh, but that can be as simple as in many companies that's as simple as a free, um, evaluation into their core product. And that's it. That's their entire value ladder. So I was working with a gym that had their core product was a, um, was a boot camp, and they wanted to grow. So we brought in and we brought in uh, 86 members on a discounted six week, you know, trial, basically take, it ended up being something like 73% off. Right. Wow. And okay. we were, you know, the marketing side, we were really excited. We're like, man, we got, we brought, you know, 
$4,000 in on $500 of ads. We were excited about the conversion rates. We were excited about how many new people had signed up. But other members of the team weren't as excited because they felt these people were coming in on a discount. And who knows if they're going to convert. And so, you know, man, there's a lot of work here for these guys that are discount players, right? And understanding, like, not everyone loves discount clients and there's a stigma around people that come in on Groupons or discounts or things like that, that they are always going to be looking for discounts. And that's one way to have looked at it. The other way to have looked at it is, man, I have six weeks where these people are coming in here and they're paying me to test me out. I have six weeks to make them never want to go anywhere else and get results. And, and basically I have a six week sales process. And from the marketing side, that's how we saw it. We saw it, Hey, that you have six weeks to uh, get these people excited Hey, you can give them a sm- another small win on the price to, to bridge them from the mm-hmm. discount to the full price. Um, and, you know, it's something that we've seen work in many, many environments, but just everybody on the team has to be bought into the process, right? Well, I know that in, in a lot of service-based businesses like chiropractic clinics and gyms, the, one of the hardest hurdles or probably the biggest single hurdle is, can you get that person from seeing you online or on the phone or a friend recommendation to actually having that person step foot in your facility. And once you do that, you have broken down so many barriers, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's the thing. I think any company uh, has to know they they have everybody involved. So every partner or manager or even your team members need to have an understanding of what the goal is. So like you said, for most people, the challenge is getting people in the door. If you can get them in the door, you can do that first assessment or you can do that first uh, free workout or whatever it's going to be. Most people understand, hey, that was the hardest step. Now it's all about ascension and, you know, conversion and retention. Yeah. Um, so, Which yeah. is one reason, by the way, that we love the clinic and gym model is because if people are already coming into the clinic and you just walk them through the gym, it becomes such an easy transition long-term to get them to work out there, you know, because- sure. They're already in that location. They know how to where to park and they know what hours you're at. It's just such an easy transition. It's not like a no-brainer. But anyways, so so let me just paint the scene for everybody here. So you, you could do all this great marketing. You take a little bit of money, 500 bucks, which I'm sure everybody could part with one month. And you end up getting, uh, you at least on your money, you get about a eight times return, right? About $4,000. Right. And then on top of that, you also got 86 people. Now, did all 86 of them actually step foot in the gym? Yeah, those were 80. Well, actually, and that's where it got tough <clears throat> because uh, the, the, other, the rest of the team, you know, it was their job to then bring in those people, get them signed up. But those 86 people were full signups, not just interested. So, you know, probably at least 80 of them stepped foot in the gym. So I got 80 brand new people that step into my office and, or my gym, pay me a little bit of money. How could that ever be possible? <laughs> How could you ever think that was a bad thing? Yeah. And I think it just comes down to, uh, you know, and from my side, I realized after the fact, I needed to do a better job of making sure everyone understood the process. I just assumed uh, that, you know, everyone would be on the same page. Everyone would see what you and I are currently seeing is obviously exciting. Yeah. And I'm sure that this run, people run into this in their clinic. You know, if you get a bunch of flurry of new patients, your front desk staff might be like, Hey, I'm Absolutely. doing a lot more phone calls or I'm having to schedule a lot or run uh, insurance on a lot more people. Yeah. So some, it is, yeah, it is a good part of your consideration. Team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the people on your team are not going to be excited by things getting busier because they're business. They're not the business owner. They're not the one who sees the upside in that. 
And so understanding how you can get your entire team excited or incentivized or um, just at least on board with what the process and the potential journey before you launch and start doing things, right? And so that's part of, um, you know, you, the business owner, you've got to understand your value ladder and everything that you can offer, but you also need your team and everybody involved to understand what the client journey is supposed to look like and what the value ladder should be for, you know, with, for the company. Mm-hmm. So you've mentioned it four or five times now. So can you take us through how to establish a, a value ladder? And for those of you listening, like this is thinly veiled. Tyler is the very first person who took me through a value ladder and just opened my eyes to the possibility here. And once you see it, you see it everywhere with every successful business, right? So can you kind of take us through what, what it is and how to, how to establish it? Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, your client or most of the listeners here are chiropractors that have a practice. Um, And most people then, you know, most chiropractic offices are pretty similar. You run either a free or a discounted uh, evaluation, depending on what all you're offering that evaluation. And then the goal is to get people coming in as much as possible for their, you know, their their visits, right? And and they're going to charge anywhere from, you know, 40 to 90 bucks per visit. And that's it. There's just those two things. But a more established value ladder may have something in between there and may have something up above there, meaning, okay, that's a core offer. You've got to offer that. But what kind of wellness packages could be offered uh, above and beyond the basic visit? Um, What kind of, uh, you know, and sometimes you'll see, I know some chiropractors will have supplements or next adjacent products available. Mm -hmm. These are all things that can basically help you essentially make more money per person that comes through your door. Right. So let me, can I simplify this? So if I go, if I go to, um, if I go to McDonald's and this is going to be a a very, uh, about as far away from health as you can get, but you go into McDonald's, their core product is, Hey, I want a hamburger. Right. And you say, Hey, I'm going to have a quarter pounder with cheese. And that makes them say, I don't know, 25 cents in, in profit after they pay the cook and everything. Hell, they might lose money, right? Yep. But if their value ladder is, hey, why don't you upgrade from the quarter pounder to the quarter pounder meal and then the quarter pounder meal with the dessert and then, you know, there's like an ascension model very simply there, right? Yeah, the greatest, the greatest ascension model example of, of our era was, would you like fries with that? <laughs> that one question boosted, you know, revenue and bottom line profits because fries are much more profitable than the basic sandwich. And, but you already have that person in there. You already have that person working with you. You already know them. So just like in a chiropractic office, if I said, all right, you're getting your adjustment and uh, you're getting your treatment. Would you like a massage next week? I already have the customer in front of me. I'm already asking that question. If they say yes, and you know, it's a cash service, there's a lot more profit in that offering, correct? Right, exactly. And so, you know, some people have two, like they just don't have a value map or value ladder established at all. And then some people overcomplicate it and they try to have a million offerings, but they're not organized. So it's just a shotgun approach, right? So you don't want a value scatter. You need a value ladder. You need an ascension model where you understand based on where somebody's starting with you, what Mm -hmm. the next opportunities are. Okay. So back in your days at those gyms, uh, could you give us a common value ladder you guys employed there? Yeah. One of, so, you know, there's kind of the low barrier offer, most common one, which is going to be uh, a free, free workout or free, you know, one free class. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, some people then try to jump straight into the full sale and you can totally do that if you have a really trained sales team. 
If you have a lesser chain sales team, then usually the next the next piece of the value ladder would be some kind of a discounted uh, initial period of time. So mm-hmm. half off your first month, you know, some something off of six weeks, something like that, where you're getting you're giving them an, an additional discount to incentivize them to start coming and showing up, building that as part of their habit and routine into a full price. And then after that, you could have personal training, right, where they're doing. Um, where they're paying significantly more to meet in with one-on-one or small group training, right? And then you can even look at meal plans and nutrition and all of these things can be built into the value ladder to continue to add more value. And the reason they're called value ladders is because the goal is not, yes, the goal is to make money. That is the goal of any business, Mm -hmm. but you do that best when you're providing the most possible value to your customer and to your client. Absolutely. I think if, if, you know, that person comes into a gym and says, Hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. And you say, all right, well, you know, we offer this uh, 20 minute once a week workout. Th- that's not going to be super valuable for their weight loss journey. Right. But if I say, Hey, I have workouts for an hour, three times a week, plus a plan to uh, do cardio on your own and exactly how many miles you should, uh, you know, walk, walk or jog, uh, and we have this meal plan over here. And if you need it, we also have prepared meals so you can just purchase them and have them ready. And if you also need it, we have accountability, one-on-one coach that'll call you every single day. Like you start offering, essentially you're ensuring success at a higher level when you go up a value ladder, right? Right. Yeah. And what it does is it, it allows, there's going to be a percentage of people who um, naturally want more from you. Uh, those people are often going to even ask you for it. But the magic happens in the people who would buy, uh, they may have to overcome some objections. They might, you might have to, you know, go through a sales process, but those are the people who are, would want more if you can just show them the way. And so that's, that's the goal of having the value ladder established takes that last piece of guesswork out so that you can simply move someone up to a greater service level. It's so simple when you explain it, but yet I see how powerful it is now it, it's a little hard in service businesses, but traditionally when you're going and you establish a value ladder at a business and let's say, you know, in a chiropractic clinic, a hundred percent of your customers essentially are taking your, your base level offering, which is that adjustment, right? Or follow-up visit. And for easy math, let's just say that's $50, right? Right. Do you have any common percentages of like what, how many people will take that next step up on a value ladder? No, because really that, I mean, I wish I did, but it's so mm-hmm. varied based on, on the company and the, the value, okay. everything. Uh, how about, how about, what have you, can you tell a story maybe of how much adding a, a couple steps to that value ladder and having it established, what that's added to a company's revenue or something to kind of give people a percentage sure. or why would you do this? Yeah, absolutely. So um, how about this way? Like what, it, what would you say the average chiropractic office is doing in revenue a month? Just average, you know, a month. Yeah, probably around uh, somewhere between. I would say forty thousand dollars is not not uncommon. Okay, so let's let's say that forty thousand dollars is average, and most of them are running a pretty flat value ladder, not well and established. So the thing is, is that when you've got essentially, you know, four major factors in growing your business: the number of leads, the number of customers, how much you make per customer, and then how often that customer buys. Right, so. Um, a lot of, some chiropractors I know, the one thing that they'll do is instead of saying, Hey, I need you to come in every week. They'll say, Hey, I need you to come in every other week, thereby increasing frequency. Um, that's not always the best thing for that client, you know, and, and there, there's some Mm -hmm. ethics issues that, 
you know, would have to be covered there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other way could be instead saying, okay, how do I increase the margin? And that's what a value ladder can do. How else can I, um, what can I add to, instead of doing, and a great example in chiropractic is, hey, you know what, we're going to add uh, therapy or treatment before or after the adjustment, right? And that's a little bit more, and that's a greater service. I'm going to provide more value, but they also I can charge more because I can do that. Right. One of the great things that I've seen is um, bundle packages within chiropractors. So, hey, you know what? You, you, I'm, I'm recommending for you that you come in uh, two times a week for the next four weeks, you know, and that's $50 a visit. Um, but if you pay now and you prepay, I'll also give in, add in a free massage, right? So getting, even just getting people to prepay, because that almost guarantees their frequency or at least a guarantee. Sure purchase yeah. decreases drop off. Um, and so even things like that, but so going back to your original question, how much have I seen? I mean, a well-established value ladder can absolutely double your profits because out of that 40 K that a company is doing 20, 25 of it's covering expenses and payroll and lease and everything mm-hmm. like that. Right. So if you can add an additional 15 K without having to add in new leads, without having to add in new customers, you're doubling your profit with the same amount of people coming through the door. Okay. Yeah. So doubling the profit because number one, I'm not going to have, you know, in a service business, any to anybody that doesn't show up, that's a missed, that's a missed opportunity of revenue. Right. So I'm going to kind of eliminate that by maybe doing bundling. I'm going to have, um, more opportunities for my super fans, as I call them, the people that really love you and really love being around you will want to buy anything. I actually had a woman, she was like my number one super fan. And I always tell people that there was nothing that we offered that she didn't purchase. And <laughs> if we had sold the building, she would probably have bought it. Like, Hey, we're going right. to sell this place. You could ha- own it. She'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't grab it. Uh, she, she got massage every week. She went to the chiropractor every week. She was in the gym a couple times a week. Um, right. If we sold, we, we ended up selling like a, uh, a bath, um, like a relaxation kind of bath product. She bought that. I mean, she wanted to give it away as uh, Christmas presents to her friends. It's just, you're like, oh man. And what was surprising me is she never got close to a no because she saw the value in it, right? Right. And it was increasing her level of, of uh, the, the effect that we had on our life. It, yeah, her, her standard of life was increasing, right? So Yeah. And, and people that, think that, that it's a big sales thing. It's not. It's that the person is like grabbing your best product and saying, oh man, when I use this, it's so incredible. I want to, you must have more great things to offer. Right. And, and that comes down again to the ethics of how you build your value ladder, right? If you truly build it where every step, every product adds value to that person's life, increases their quality of life, not just looking for straight margin, right? Margin comes as a Byproduct of service, yes, right? Byproduct of the service and the quality and the standard of care, right? Like, mm-hmm. so if, if you could say, hey, you know what? In addition to everything we're doing, you know, you, we're going to provide, uh, you buy this bundle, okay, we're going to give you a STEM, STEM unit that you can use at home and we're going to train you how to use it. If that makes you more money, but it also allows that client to increase their quality of life, that's, that's the win-win you must seek for a value ladder to work. Fantastic. So well, we're, talking to, we're talking to a bunch of clinic owners who are starting down the path of adding the gym to their clinic, right? So in this case, a good value ladder, work with me here, might be I could start everybody out in the clinic and I might give a little discount or um, some sort of consult. Doesn't even have to be treatment, just some sort of consult to break down any resistance, right? So um, I, I at least get them in the office and we talk about their injury. Hey, Tyler, tell me about your shoulder. What's going on? And so that's the first step. 
Second step is I say, Tyler, you know, I've seen this a lot and what you need is a, about an hour long evaluation and treatment. And that's going to be $150, right? Right. And so now we move up to that $150 mark. Now you're actually getting an evaluation treatment. So you're getting more value for that dollar. And then after that, I say, once I complete that, I say, Tyler, it looks like you're going to need about two weeks of treatment. I would recommend you do that three times a week. And the total cost for that is, I'm just throwing numbers out here, $1,000, right? So I went zero, 150, 1,000. And now as you're going through that for two weeks, you're getting treatment. So again, the value is increasing, right? Your pain is going down. Your ability to go live the life you want is going up. And I say, Tyler, you know, I really like you. You seem to really respond well to care. And one of the things that I really want to ensure for you is that your problem doesn't come back. And so the way we've solved that to keep your problem from coming back is we established a gym that trains people like you that had previous injuries to stay healthy, stay in shape without re-injuring themselves. Can Mm -hmm. I show you that gym, right? And so now I talk about the gym and I go, instead of the thousand dollars of flat rate, it's um, the gym costs small group training, which I'd recommend for you is $250 per month. So now they enter that. And what is that for a year? That's $3,000 a year. Sure. Okay. So I went from zero to 150 to a thousand for two weeks to uh, now what are we 3000 for the year. And now Tyler is in our classes. He's working out more often. He's in a workout. He enjoys, he loves, and he's with a highly trained um, coach who's not letting him do the things that will cause his shoulder pain to come back. Right. Right. So there's, there's a good exchange of value. And then on my side as a business owner, I now have this recurring revenue of $250 a month from Tyler. And I like Tyler. He's a great guy. So I get to see him more often. I get to see him three times a week, right? He's just walking through. I get to say hi to him, but he's an interesting person. So I want to see hi. So in all aspects, everybody has experienced a better, a better value, I guess, a better life, if you will. Sure. Yeah, and he, yeah, at each step, the amount of value increased, and so did the cost. Now, the the difference, uh, like on the one you're building out, this value ladder is essentially that that last step of the value ladder. Even though it's a three thousand dollar a year thing, it's only two fifty a month, right? Right. And so, and that's a good example of how a value ladder doesn't always mean the immediate exchange of of cash, right? It just means the total value, and so that the lifetime value of that customer could be six or $9,000 at that point. And, you know, if they're going to need occasional adjustments and they're going to need things now, where are they going to go for that? Right. Yeah. It all, so what you've done by creating that gym that not only brings in additional $3,000 a year per member, but it also increases frequency of purchase for the other things that you offer within your facility. So, you know, you've, you've essentially increased two of your major sales levers just by that one thing. Yeah. And, and, it's just a perfect, uh, uh, the client sees it as just a perfect what's next because there are so many people out there and I'm, I'm sure you see this with a lot of businesses you consult on, but there's so many people out there that don't offer their client or their customer a next step, even when the customer wants one, right? Right. Yeah. yeah and that's, that's the issue where a gym thinks they're only a gym. A chiropractor thinks they're only a chiropractor. Anybody in the health and wellness space thinks they can only be the one thing, but really most people are looking for somebody to help them be healthy. So if you can be a wellness center or a health center um, and offer those multiple things and and offer that, then by simply adding that in, 
the profits can skyrocket. Oh, absolutely. I, I think if you just, uh, a way to test this in your local, um, I had a friend that did this at his clinic. He just ran, he had a, every Wednesday he had a nutrition clinic and it was just come out. There's no cost, just show up. There's nutrition clinic. And then, uh, it was an hour long thing. It repeated the same exact clinic for six weeks, very basic things, how to read a food label, um, you know, how to figure out your, your, base metabolic rate, things like, I mean, this right. is like low level stuff, but he did that. And then he just asked at the end, he just handed around a survey and said, how many of you would be interested in ongoing nutritional coaching for, I can't remember, 99 bucks or 149 bucks a month. That would be this weekly class. And he got back like seven out of every 10 people were like, yeah, I'd, I'd be very interested. And it's like, there's all these people that are just saying, Hey, I'm willing to throw a hundred or 150 bucks at this problem. As long as you just me, help me, you know, keep me accountable and meet with me every week. And it was like that business was just waiting to be grabbed. Right. And could you imagine if he had actually done a little bit stronger of a sale? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was pretty passive of just passing around a piece of paper. And that's fine. Like, you know, you got to start with that. Right. But then once you build up the social proof and the rapport, you know, move from closing seven out of 10 to nine out of 10. Right. But it's just showing you, you could have nutrition and a gym and a clinic and a massage and, 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 and all these things that people perceive you as a health expert in your area, they want health products from you then. Absolutely. Now, you know, and at the same time, you know, the biggest um, warning I would give is like, okay, like make sure your core product is strong. Um, You know, you've got to have a good quality of service on the main things you're delivering uh, before you start trying to add in. Otherwise it's, you know, there's going to be a disconnect. So mate, you've got to over deliver everywhere you touch. And that's the, that's one of the tenets of a value ladder is what we call value stacking, right? Is you've got to make sure that they're getting better. Your base product has to be better than any of your competitors base product. Your oh, yeah. upsell has to be better than any of your competitors upsell. Your standard of care and your attention to detail and your customer service has to be better than anybody else. And that's when a value ladder gets properly delivered and properly executed is when you, every step gets over delivered. I'll get right back to the interview with Tyler Jorgensen after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit clinicgymhybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's clinicgymhybrid.com. One of the reasons that we encourage so many great chiropractors and PTs to start a gym is when you are good at this business, when you're excellent, and this is what I see in like the excellent providers, you don't see people as often. So instead of eight times, I'm only going to see you two. Well, the problem with that is now you have a factor of what is that four times four times as many new patients that you need. And, you know, now they're like, it's a double-edged sword. It's a catch 22. The faster I get people better, the faster I have to get a new client. And so it gets very difficult, which is why having that recurring revenue coming in from the gym is just a great way to make a little bit more money off every client, but in a way that delivers the care you believe in. Right. So, right. I think the core, the core product is always excellent for these people, but it's inherently like the, you're getting bitten by your own snake there. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, a good value ladder will, will help turn somebody into from just a patient to what was the term you used? A super fan. Yeah. Um, super fan. Because they realize that they have this place that cares about them enough to serve them at multiple points, right? Like, oh man, my chiropractor isn't just a chiropractor. He's going to help me with my nutrition and my wellness and my fitness um, because, you know, he cares about me more than just cracking my back. Right. And then when they start buying into that and telling their friends about that and doing that, right, that's when all of a sudden, you know, your social proof and your first level steps of that value ladder start being marketed by your own community. And that's really when the ball starts rolling fast, right? Yeah, I call that the social proof snowball, right? So once, uh, when you have the testimonials coming in and when you have people just raving about you, now then it's your job as an entrepreneur to take that and leverage it and say, okay, hey, I'm going to record these testimonials. I'm going to use these testimonials in my marketing. I'm going to you know, use these in my uh, email follow-ups and those things. Um, but that snowball is when things really take off. Yeah. Fantastic. Now I'm sure Tyler, all your travels and all your uh, consultations, you've seen a lot of businesses that actually were, had a great, uh, a great product and had a um, value ladder established, even if they didn't realize it. Right. Mm -hmm. But can you talk a little bit about actually having a talk about your value ladder, actually put it out there in the world, like you did to get those 86 people to go in the gym and getting it out there and just saying, Hey, this is what we offer. This is the value or solution that we offer. Yeah. So do you mean like just a little bit about marketing? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so sure. A lot of companies will spend a lot of their energy uh, on stuff that makes them feel good, right? They'll build people, entrepreneurs or business owners will build a big checklist and start knocking things off that checklist. And okay, we're going to really, we're going to build all of this inside. I'm going to change my letterhead. I'm going to change my this. But if they don't market it, then none of that mattered. Right. And so I'm very much a marketing first uh, mindset where, you know, if you build all these things, but then you don't tell anyone about it, it's, it might as well just not exist. And, and have, so, you, yeah. have you had some clients that, that had that all in the background and then you just kind of, kind of put a megaphone on it and said, I know you offer all this. We're going to actually talk about it now and get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest challenges that we, we've noticed is a lot of people will think that they have a traffic problem, meaning they think they don't have enough leads. They think they don't have enough or uh, clicks to their website, where most of the time it's not a traffic problem. It's an offer problem. Um, and that's why, you know, we said, hey, you've, that first step is a lot of times not just, is making sure that you're whatever the first step you're offering, whether it's the evaluation or whatever it is, is better and is exciting uh, and enticing is going to solve a problem. Um, but then, yeah, when we say, okay, when we find someone, sometimes we'll find people that have it all laid out, but they're just not even advertising. They're not putting the money in. And part <laughs> of that is because one, they're scared of it because they're scared about losing money. And the other part is that they don't truly understand what they can spend on a client in order to make money. So the first thing they have to do is understand what is, the, the lifetime value of a client, um, even in their, even if you're just doing the one step standard chiropractic office, what's your average revenue and value per client? And then say, okay, what percentage of that am I willing to spend per client to get a new client in? So mm -hmm. let's say, you know, before I, before you finish out the value letter, let's say that the average, per, the average, uh, chiropractic, you know, person, patient, yep. yeah, patient comes in and spends, um, $300. 
Uh-huh. Like, okay, well, when I take out my time and my energy and, my, and all of uh-huh. that, I, I'm willing to spend up to $50 to get a person in here for $300. Uh-huh. Well, that's great. But once you establish the rest of your value ladder, man, you might, you might technically be willing to spend up to 100 uh-huh. because you know, man, I'm, a, a percentage of these people are going to turn into $250 a month gym members. Yeah, I have a friend who's a financial advisor to very wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And he, on the front end, this sounds insane to me, but he says that he, he spends $2,500. He's willing to spend $2,500 just to get somebody on the phone and another $2,500 just to get them in the office. Literally, right. he sent a limousine to pick people up before. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you've got, and that's just a matter of understanding your, your specific value of a customer. And if you're, if closing a, cl- a new client's going to bring you in $30,000 and your margin on that's really high, then theoretically you should be willing to spend, you know, $20,000 to get them in as long as you know, you know, per converted signed up client, not just to get them in the door. Right. But, and that's understanding. So the challenge is, is that a lot of business owners are really good at their craft. They're phenomenal chiropractors, right? They can, they, uh-huh. they do their craft really, really well but they're not marketers. And so my biggest advice is understand the basics, right? You under, become a student of marketing and understand what a conversion rate is, understand what it, you know, what a lead is and, and how to just understand those basic mechanisms. Because if you can understand how cost per lead, cost per acquisition and lifetime value of your customer, then you can put in with confidence, you can start at spending money on advertising. Right. It's, and it, it just makes perfect sense. You just got to be able to track it. Right. And, and yeah, it's tracking it. I mean, look, marketing is the scientific process. You have a hypothesis, you test the hypothesis, you record the results and make an adjustment and then retest. And so, you know, you, but you've got to be recording it and tracking it and seeing what it is. Too many people will just turn on Facebook ads. And a great example of this is people that will pay for things like Yelp or pay for things like white pages or yellow pages um, where they don't have any idea what the R what the ROI was of that spend. Right. Um, but most pay-per-click advertising, like, you, you know, every one of your clients should be advertising on Google, Apple, and, you know, potentially Facebook, just slightly different, but um, you know, and being the number one result in your market combined with the best offer in your market. And then if you're tracking your analytics and your data and how much, that, that how much you're spending and how many new people are coming in and what your revenue is per new person, you can judge how much more you can spend. Very cool. I want to, I want to switch gears a little bit because you, you mentioned something that I didn't realize would be such a, a crucial part of this, but talking about the offer and having that great offer. And I think a lot of people, you know, in the service business, we're just taught like, Hey, I, I, my client comes in, I take care of them. I evaluate them or whatever. I deliver great care. And that's, that's it. And our offer quote unquote is just our new patient exam. That's exactly the same to everybody. Excuse me. Right. And it's, it's not discounted. It's not, you know, it doesn't come with anything. Can you kind of help me construct a great offer? <laughs> and before that, actually, you know, I think a, a, one way to think about this, there's a lot of great products out there, especially in the software world where they give you a dollar first month trial, right? Right. And the reason they're doing that is they're trying to lower the barrier. They know they have a great core product. They know once you use it, you'll fall in love with it. But they're saying, hey, if I let you use it for just a dollar, you show a tiny little bit of commitment by spending the dollar, then you and I are going to have a great relationship and I know I'll catch you on the second month, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, there's a, those you're describing essentially what in marketing we call the lead magnet. So 
um, one of the first things in, you know, kind of in, in establishing a value ladder, the low level offers are typically lead magnet, tripwire, core offer. So what's the thing that you're giving out for free just to attract people to at least look at your page? You know, are you giving a free download, a free course, a coupon? See, what's funny is the coupon is free, right? When they right. redeem the coupon, that's the tripwire. Um, you know, what are you giving them to click on your link instead of somebody else's? What's, what's attracting them to you? Okay. And then, you know, then that tripwire of what is the first thing they're doing to spend money? What's getting their wallet out? What's getting them interested? Um, and then, so you're, you're asking though, how do you attract, how do you craft the best offer? I don't think, yeah, cause I think, always, yeah, go ahead. Now I think that in service business it's really hard to think like, what would be a good offer? I, I won't do, I don't want to do this for a discount cause it sends the wrong message. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was starting to get to is I think, um, because a value ladder, like the, the example of a value ladder often has lead magnets and tripwires people think that they need to have those. Mm -hmm. My thing is the very first thing you need to establish in your value ladder is your core offer. Your core offer needs to be amazing. And so if it is this, if you're a chiropractor and you look around and your core offer is the same price, the same service, the same quality as all of your competitors, then your core offer sucks. And that's the first thing to fix. Ouch. That's going to sting a little bit. (laughs) But I mean, what's different? You smell better. You wear nicer cologne. Your front office staff has a better smile. Like in the end, those aren't real offer changes. So what can you do to stack the value in your core offer? That's the very first question. So for a chiropractor, it's, you know what, can I, can I give the, the treatment before the adjustment for free? Can I give, um, you know, what else can I provide? Uh, can I send them home with, you know, at home work or things to do on their own stretching? Can I give them a booklet? Can I give them something tangible that they can take home that other people aren't doing? Sure. How about foam yeah. roller or something like that that yeah. supports their, their care? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the instructions on how to use it. So right. where can, once you fix your core offer and that's working well, then you can say, okay, what can I add in before that core offer so I can get more people in here to talk about my core offer? I, I think this, this is where the, um, the mother test comes in. So I always tell people, when you're looking at how you would want it to go, a good way is if your mom called you, let's say your mom lives you know, uh, three states away and she calls you and she's like, oh, Tyler, I, I, just, I went to the most amazing, forget chiropractor, the most amazing dentist, right? right? Well, what was different about it? Oh, well, number one, their office was just beautiful. Everybody there was so nice. And it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a lot of offices with nice staff and beautiful. Right. They yeah, better and, all be nice. Right. But then, you know, when I, I had my teeth cleaned, I was really nervous. And so what they did is they had a lady come over and give me a little shoulder massage to kind of loosen me up and get me to relax. And you're like, wow, that's, that's different. Okay. And then they, they did this uh, special treatment where it didn't hurt my gums as bad when they were, you know, cleaning my teeth. And then afterwards I got to lay there and, uh, you know, they handed me an iPad to watch my favorite show on. So they just wanted to make sure that I felt okay. And then after that I went and on my way out, this lady gave me a little box of, I don't know, a little box of candies. And I just thought, wow, what dentist ever gives you candy? It's great. You know, like what you're hearing is that story that your mom wants to tell you. That's what you should develop in your own offer. Yeah. And dentists are a great example because they notoriously are really good at the upsell 
but not the value increase, right? So, okay. you know, yeah. they, they'll, they'll catch you with your mouth open and tell you, hey, we need to add this, <laughs> this one more thing for you. And, and, and they, you just go, oh, oh, oh. oh. Yeah, then, so, but what happens is that client leaves upset. I mean, the number, I, number of people I talk to, my own family included, that leaves a dentist office feeling cheated, mm-hmm. feeling upset, feeling like they'd been cornered uh, and manipulated. Like it's, it's a stunning number. And okay. so if you can shift again, it's value ladders aren't about just increasing dollars. Value ladders are about increasing the quality of service first and then the dollars come. Right. So, mm-hmm. and you gave a great example, like little things, simply improving the quality of the experience. Um, you know, it can be every office that you go into is going to have a waiting room and basic magazines, what can you start in that room? What could you do differently in that room so that people want to talk about that waiting room? And, you know, like, you know, you're going to give an iPad. I don't know if you're going to give everyone iPads. That seems a little crazy, but hey, who knows? Maybe. Uh, but, may, you know, what? And that's where you have to start looking at the, the value of the offer. What mm-hmm. are you doing differently? So you're just not a commodity. Because the minute you become a commodity, the challenge of actually creating a real value ladder falls apart. Yeah. And in the world of service, what most people don't realize is like service businesses is if you provide a better experience, you can put in almost as much profit as you want. Whereas if you're going to become a retail seller like Walmart, where there's literally zero service, right? I mean, they're trying to do away with the lady. Yeah. They have a greeter. uh, And I think that's the only service professional in the entire building. (laughs) Right. But, um, so they, they now have to say, we're the low price leader. Like you don't ever want to get in the world of, of price comparison, right? Well, you know, there's that old adage that uh, if you can't be the lowest price, there's zero strategic benefit to being the second lowest. Yeah. So if your goal is to generate a low cost chiropractic clinic, like turnstile, then yeah, okay, go low cost, low touch point. The only value you're offering is that your adjustments are $25 and you're churning through. There's no client mm-hmm. experience. Be the Walmart of chiropractors. You yeah. Can- I mean, that's what the joint is trying to do. And if that theory worked, I mean, it's saying it's $29 a month for unlimited adjustments. If that theory worked, that place should have a line out the door and it doesn't. And why is that? You know, people want yeah. that service. And, and that's, and the bottom line is most chiropractors that doesn't match their values either. So there's going to be a disconnect of the individual and the service. Yeah. Uh, Now you just, you just went to a place uh, that I know has a very high value perception, which is Disneyland, right? Right. Yeah. We go there. I know we're, (laughs) yeah, we're switching gears here, but the reason I want to bring that up is there's a perfect example of it's not cheap. I mean, you took how many kids do you have? Four kids and get, so you were almost a thousand dollars in, in the hole, just walking in the gates, right? Right. Yeah. But the, the value they provide is incredibly high, right? Yeah. And especially historically, like when you look back to the experience that Walt wanted the the person to experience, um, he was all about entering into a different world. I mean, and that's why it's like fantasy land and all the things are lands is because he truly wanted you to feel immersed and like you'd stepped into an alternate reality and left your cares behind. And if you can bring that same level of attention to detail um, and same level of uh, I mean, essentially building a cult-like following, then you're going to have that same kind of a of a willingness to pay above market rate. Yeah, or in their case, in Disney's Disneyland's case, there is no market, right? 
They are. Well, the I mean, you know, they're in the they're in the theme park business, so you could compare them against uh, their competitors who are always running deals and discounts and bundles and stuff because they're they in order for them to get people into the gates, they have to use it the price lever. Disneyland can raise their prices and watch attendance increase. Right. And that's because they're in the experience business. Yeah. Well, I hope that happens for everybody who's listening today. Well, Tyler, uh, I know we're wrapping up. We're getting short on time here, but how can our people get a hold of you if they, if they want to kind of work with you and they really like this idea of building a value ladder? Sure. If you go to bizninja.com, um, that's probably the easiest place to kind of, to find me. Um, and I'm a big believer that before you build a value ladder, you have to set your goals. Uh, so you can download a dreamline calculator, which will take your dreams and your goals and put them on a timeline. And you get that at biznincha.com slash dreamline. Uh, so that's probably the best way to connect with me. Fantastic. So that's biz like B I Z and then the word ninja, right? That's right. Biznincha.com slash dreamline. And that'll take all these goals that we want to do and help put them out into a usable timeline. That's it. Fantastic. Well, Tyler, this has been a little, you know, it started at a low level of value and then every <laughs> sentence was just raising up that value step by step. And I feel like now I need to pay you a thousand bucks a month for lifetime membership and whatever, whatever you're slinging. So, <laughs> well, I'll take it. But uh, no, really, like I love doing these things because to me, like entrepreneurs have to be out there to help each other. And so if you, if your listeners are considering taking their, their practice to the next level, they need that encouragement and that, you know, because why just be like everyone else, go out there, achieve your goals, you know, and make some money and help some and, you know, help people. Yeah. And it goes along with our core value. We want people to maximize their license and that, and you're doing that through maximizing value. So you're right in line with what we believe. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us today on uh, clinic gym radio. And uh, I hope to see you out there in the entrepreneurial events. Those of you who want to connect with Tyler, make sure you go to bizninja.com and you can download his free uh, PDF download there. And from everybody here at Clinic Gym Radio, on behalf of Tyler Jorgensen, go out and achieve your dreams. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.